Bullshit begets bullshit. This is Tall Can Audio. TCA episode 1140, kicking off another week. Welcome inside the Talkin' Audio Studios in beautiful Bytown, Canada. My name's Matt Robinson, across the table from Rob Christie. What's going on today, man? A lot of swass, Matt. Okay. A lot of swass. Bring your own chair, please. Or swits. Swit. <laughs> no! <laughs> I heard that on the, on the radio on Friday, swits. A lot of from, swits. From a woman. Okay. And I'm like... The radio or? It was, yeah, it was radio. All right. Yeah, it was in the gym. <laughs> and I was like, Switz. You can't say that. Can you not? I don't know me. What the I, hell? I, I heard it. I heard it. And Someone said it. Yeah, for sure, man. So I was trying to steer left of that. Okay. But you can take it if you want. Uh, Going to be a good show. We got some sends to talk about. We got some Blue Jays to talk about. We got all kinds of stuff on the agenda today, as we always do to kick off a week. But we start on the craft beer front. And you have come today uh, with gifts, man. You've you've brought the beer. We appreciate uh, that. I, What'd you I, bring? I brought the beer last Monday. All right. I think our your good friend Lever Sage was in and brought some pints with him. He sure did. I and love the, those people, man. Yeah, and the pair. It, but yes, yeah. See, I, I, don't, I don't get the same love. No. And it's interesting, Matt. I'm just. I, I have a. For I, I have a bit of a, a bit of a bone to pick. Oh. I have an issue. Uh huh. Oh, you have many issues. Yeah, for sure. Can we get to them after for the sure. beer? No, no. Just, just give me a second all here. Right. Bear with me here. And and all of you, the good listeners, the longtime people who've held tight with us, will understand my concern, my issue. How how many shows does Lee have to do in here before the gloves come off? Uh, well, on Friday, Lee was here for a second episode. Yep. We got talking a little John Tavares. Gloves came off there. It was uh, okay. That stopped being All right. pleasant. And and I'm basing this wholly on him saying, "I have family." Well, first of all, taking him taking runs at Oshawa, yes. like like just you don't do that. Yep, for sure I do. <laughs> but it's much more of a it's much more of a give and take. Okay, you let him you let him ride with those. Yeah, and then he's like, and I have a lot of family north of Peterborough, Norwood, <laughs> north of Seven on yeah. on Havelock, and then just skated, just skated. There was crickets on Matt's side of the. I think I pointed out they had an A and W now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But like, if, Rob, if Rob gets it, there's lots of talk of you Rob know your pants being held up by binder twine. From Norwood, every time I. Well, uh, yeah, because I'm from I'm from way further north of oh, Seven yeah. than Norwood. Norwood's right on. It's like a it's like a, it's a bond, cow seven. shit yeah. right on Seven. Okay. Um, yeah, we are from further north of Seven. Are made of much better stuff. Anyways, I just wanted to know how long that goes before you know his his. Yeah, as soon as he started slandering John Tavares. Okay. That was about the extent of the uh, the good feelings between us. And so All right. He may never be back. <laughs> good listen. I, I, I didn't get the Friday morning show. I listened to quite a bit of the Thursday morning show. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's an engaging conversationalist. Good, For sure. Good guy. Good to have around. Good to have on. So. Um, yeah. I, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, checking this one out, maybe checked in there. That's where we... Uh, we got yep. some of these people to subscribe, so welcome to you. Well, and uh, and and, and hope I hope you enjoyed that. I'm glad you checked it out, and we should say thank you to our good friend uh, 
Ian Mendez, who gave that episode a hell of a boost on his social media feeds and, and pushed a lot of people our way. And so Ian's a good friend of the show. He's been on several times before and. Salt of the earth guy too. Good guy for Ian, sure. For and sure so, he is. Uh, it was nice to talk to Lee, let him tell his story. If by chance you're here and you didn't catch that, uh, episode 1138 was Lee Versage talking some craft beer and his departure from TSN 1200, 1139, talking some sends, talking some Leafs and talking some wrestling as he was down in Toronto for uh, AEW Forbidden Door. Uh-huh. So checked all of that out with him on episode 1139. All of those are at tallcanaudio.com or whatever app you're listening to us on right now, it's like a half scroll. You just, it, it, it's right beneath this one. So when yeah. you're done here, go check that out. Spin backwards. Yeah. Um, and, and you can feel for the guy. hundred percent, right? man. Um, 23 years with the station. And, and we talked, we touched on this two Mondays ago, I think just after it happened. Mm-hmm. And, and I've been where I am for over 20 years and. A municipal seat moistener. It's shocking to, to, to think what that is like, right? Someone just calls you one day. I'm like, yeah, don't come in tomorrow. Well, hey, be on a Zoom in, in 45 minutes. You're like, yeah, but I'm busy. I'm doing shit. You're like, yeah, no, be yeah, on. Yeah, you're going to want to be on this one. Oh, and, and you know. And, and, and then uh, no more afterwards. <laughs> well, and I could totally relate to his, yeah, I'm on a Zoom. Yeah, you're, you're let go. And then. They hand you over to an HR guy who's going to walk you through what's your next. Yeah, and you're just like, shut the fuck up. And I man. and I could totally get camera off, and I'm just zombieing out. Yeah, right. And We're just, done here. Yeah, like you know what? Whatever shit you're going to lay on me now, you can probably wait. I can probably you can digest. Probably shove it up your ass. So, yeah, it was very real, and um, and that's 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 something. While it's not to his benefit. Right. For him to share. No. It's, 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 it's interesting to go along on the ride with somebody. And I say interesting in air quotes, but, but yeah, to, to be able to share the rawness and, and it's important. I think what Lee touched on and, and you, you tried to keep him on track. <laughs> um, I have some experience. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Wrangling. <laughs> no, but just in terms of, of what it's like to be a public personality. Yeah. Right. And, and, and Lee has been around forever and, and he's a guy and he said it, right. I don't always agree. I actually, I rarely, anytime I go, oh, yeah, man, that's a good point. That's a good point. And then I'm like, oh. Lee and I, and we're now we're both, you know, we're both tied to the Norwood region and, <laughs> and, and there's, there's just more, right. There's more, but, but he's a guy who is, whether you liked his takes or not, he's a super knowledgeable sports guy. And not just hockey, he's an all-the-round knowledgeable sports guy. And he said that on the show at one point, like, do you want to talk curling? Do you want to talk MMA? Do you Al want to- Hackner. Like, he goes, I, there are sports I'm more knowledge about than others, knowledgeable about than others, but I like to think I can hang in most of these arenas. Yeah. And he came off that way, yeah. right? Like, when they would send him to cover whatever it was, the, the curling tournament here back in the way... I believe that guy knew his shit, That's right? That's the briar. Whatever it was, man. And then yeah. Worlds, I think. They both were. Right. And so, yeah, it, it's, it was interesting. He and I had traded texts a couple times before he was let go about just coming back on and talking about whatever. And then I sort of gave him some space after whatever happened. And he yep. texted me and said, you know, let's talk about it. And rock and let, roll. Let's do it. And so you sort of take that and I don't know, I, I whether it's 
I, I honestly, I don't know what the word is, but I, I was sort of, there's a feeling there when he chooses here to come talk about it, right? And this is the place to come and reach Ottawa sports fans if it's not going to be on 1200. And this is where he was going to come tell his story and tell what really happened. And, and that absolutely got a boost. And everything that you just said came back in spades on social media. A lot of, and he said the same thing on the show. A lot of the people that replied to that episode of the podcast were saying, didn't always agree with Lee, but really appreciated his passion or his ability to, uh, like, sometimes he didn't even know, does he believe this or is he just capable of playing the other side of the argument so that this is better listening, right? Like, yeah. and that's, there's a skill to that too. So 100%. And, and so to me, it's, it's important to be not just knowledgeable, but to have strong takes and be able to support them. Yeah. And, and that to me is, and to do it on air and to do it on the fly. And so to me, yeah, he, he's a, he's a pro's pro and, uh. And he'll be around here some more. Yep. We'll, uh, Perfect. Yeah. Uh, what is the beer that I'm now halfway through that you have oh, brought yes, for you us? asked. I did. asked about this. Several minutes ago. Um, this is from in, in another brewery I've, we've had in here before, or at least I've had in here. This may be your first pull from one of these. Hmm. This is from Black Bellows uh, Brewing. At oh, a, Black Bellow. Yeah. Bam, bam, bam. 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 Yeah. <laughs> um, at a Collingwood. Okay. I so, don't think I've had anything from here before. No, I certainly have on the show, but... Um, this is their German pills. Yeah. So, um, I'm not sure, right? I was unsure as to what makes it German pills right. versus your Czech Pilsner versus, and so pills in German is, is it's just, they shorten it. Yeah. But the German pills is supposed to be, um, just a little more, a little brighter, a little more effervescent than mm. its Czech brother. And so... I, don't I look, think I'm getting that, to be honest with you. I, I am also not getting that. Yeah. Right? In I'm ter- enjoying it. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's brighter than any other. But to me, and, and the word is, I know it gets thrown around here a lot, effervescent is the word. Has that, that word ever been thrown around here? 100%. <laughs> Usually I throw it in right after ebullient. Yes. That. That's the, those two things go. You can't just make shit up. <laughs> rollicking good times. Um, yeah. They're looking for something light. Yeah. Um, it's supposed to hold the head. Now, you and I are both drinking it out of a can. Yeah. But that is what you look for. That is what you look for in a Pilsner, right? Is is something golden, light bodied, um, highly carbonated, right? And, and with a big head, that uh, fits in well with both guys on the mics right now. Big heads. Yes, it's all right. Four point eight percent. Yeah, and pretty nice, honestly. This is uh, this is a, this is a pretty tasty pint. Yep. Uh, saw on Twitter someone asking this week talking about Pilsners, just said. If I offered you a snur, would you know what I was talking about? I'd say get the fuck out of here, yeah. you do. I don't even want your snur. No, no, actually, you know what? I'll take it and then I'll tell you to shut the fuck up. So it's a it's a it's a pilsner. Or a pills, apparently. I have more time for hey, shoot me a pills yeah. than I do for not in the pills. A snur. Would you like a snur? No, man. No, that sounds terrible. So we, we go through this. To me, it must have been a younger listener. Or younger somebody, whoever shot you that. Right. No, uh, this was just someone I saw on Twitter running it. it, it oh, okay. Was, this was not directed at us. See, because at home we get all kinds of things like, what are you doing now? I'm taking, uh, I have geo first period. Yeah. Everything is so hard to say the full word. Right. Right. Like slay this person. Yeah. yeah. It's everything is just, and, and again, snur. Yeah. That's no. where you would go. No. It's terrible. Right. You have, there's all kinds of pills. It sounds like snot. 
I don't want. Don't give me your snur. Get out of here. Like, snot. Like, like, like the medical. Toronto Maple Leafs. More snot in the lineup. Yeah. Well, apparently. Uh, it was a busy night in the studio after you left last Sunday. All of a sudden, Tyler Bertuzzi. All of a sudden, Max Domi. You're like, do I patch some shit into this? Do I just do something else? Uh, you know, we can get to that maybe a little bit later if there's, if there's time. I do want to let the good listener know later this week, our buddy Steve Bunda will be back on the show. We'll talk about, uh, a lot of UFC. It was a hell of a card on Saturday night. UFC 290, um, was well expected to be one of the best cards of the year. And it absolutely lived up to that. I know you didn't have a chance to watch it, but 13 fights, nine finishes, four of them inside one minute of the first round. Yeah. Uh, when you watch something like that. Are you feeling ripped off? Because no, I'm not. No. But a I, lot of people go, uh, and it was one of the things Lee and I talked about on the second episode of the po- uh, that he was in here for last week. With wrestling, they booked a match at Survivor Series in Toronto several years ago where Goldberg squashes Brock Lesnar in like two minutes. And people were furious because in theory, wrestling, you got to book me a good match. Tell me a story, right? This has got to last in a main event 20, 25 minutes. If you're a fight fan, you're quite used to the fact that sometimes shit's over fast, right? Like things can just happen. And if you want to simulate that, maybe that should be in your repertoire a little more often. But this, before the main card even started, had already tied the record for number of uh, first minute knockouts. See, it doesn't need to be. So first of all, anybody living through the uh, Mike Tyson mm-hmm. heyday period, right? Where you pay upwards in the late 80s, 90 bucks for right. a pay-per-view. Yeah. And you go 91 seconds. You're like... I paid a buck a second <laughs> to watch that. Now, I never paid shit. Yeah, no. But you were talking, you had no idea, right? When it came down. Yeah, might go 12 rounds, might go one minute. And the reality is, um, I don't want to see a bunch of inside the first minute fights finishes, but I want to see, I want to see finishes. Right. I do want to see it. If I get the occasional well-fought chess match, um, especially the ones in the ground, I am still... I love the wrestling and the jujitsu. That right. is my side of the, um, what, what brings me to the, but if I can see finishes, I want to see finishes all the time. I don't want to see it go. Repeatedly to the judges. Every. To the judges where it's, where to me quite often you see, like you used to see with the heavyweights, right? Where yeah. there, there'd be some action in the first round and then it's just surviving and hanging on. So I want to see it. And, and, and I didn't see it. I didn't watch the card, but I did see in a nod to my era, ruthless Robbie Lawler getting the finish in his retirement fight in his inside re- one minute, just knocks somebody's fucking lights out. And you're like, good for you, man. And I don't know who that guy is <laughs> yeah. that he fought some price guy. I, I, so I don't know if they brought him in. Sacrificial. Lamb. Yeah. So I don't know anything about it. So Steve Bunda will be in. We'll talk a lot about that a little bit later this week. And uh, next Monday morning, Michaela Schreider will be on the, uh, on the podcast. She's got game. She does have game and we'll talk. All kinds of stuff. Whatever's in the news at that point, we'll get to that with her, but also the start of the FIFA Women's World Cup that week. We got a new women's hockey league firing up. Lots to get to with Shrides as well. But we start today. No shortage of topics there. Never, man. Uh, we start today with the Sens. And whoop, whoop. yeah, it's been a little quiet. And I know a lot of fans were sort of hoping that by the draft, by free agency, we would have resolution to the Alex DeBrinkett story. National Hockey League general managers are the biggest nerds. It's Sunday night. Go do something else for the second week in a row. I'm back in here uh, because right after Rob and I finished recording the Monday morning show, 
an Ontario-based team has decided to do something stupid. Uh, last week, it was the Toronto Maple Leafs signing Max Domi uh, for no really good reason. And this week, the Ottawa Senators trade Alex Debrinkit to Detroit for nothing, essentially. Uh, we'll get to the, the, the meat of it in just a second. But this is pretty freaking annoying, to be honest with you, only because half of this show that you're listening to right now was dedicated to Alex Debrinkit. And that situation, where this was going to go, how this was going to play out, was it going to be dragged out all the way to training camp? Would they go ahead and do something early? Uh, probably 25, 30 minutes of Alex Debrinkit talk, all of it useless. And extra annoying, it didn't happen after we had finished recording. It happened after I had finished editing. So gave a little bit more time to a discussion that is no longer relevant. So this episode of the podcast going to be a little shorter than was intended because we're slicing out like 30 minutes of it. And there might be an awkward moment or two here. We're going to talk about uh, Tarasenko in the uh, coming moments. And as Rob and I are talking about that, there are some ties back to the Debrinket discussion that are a little bit awkward. Uh, now that the Debrinket conversation is gone. But I'm going to leave that in there because I think at least that much is relevant. Uh, it's the Debrinket stuff that is no longer relevant. Uh, just to paint the details for you, if you have missed it thus far, uh, Ottawa trades Alex Debrinket to Detroit, which was always one of the teams that we thought might be interested, his hometown. Uh, so that makes a little bit of sense in that regard. But they do it uh, for almost nothing. I see this as a terrible return for the Senators. And I was one of those people a year ago when they traded for him who thought that that was a worthwhile gamble. That was worth doing. And it hasn't panned out. He didn't have a very good year. Uh, he let them know that he wasn't going to sign long term. And so I'm not going to go back now and, and pretend that I always knew this was a bad idea. I didn't. I thought there was a chance it would work. It hasn't. And now they've traded him away again for almost nothing. So I, I just, this is baffling. If you want to know the actual deal, it is a conditional first round pick they get in return. So there's some value there. And then a fourth round pick, Dominic Kubalik, who I guess on a bad team is a middle six forward, but on a team set up the way Ottawa is right now up front and where Ottawa wants to get to, probably third line. At best, he's a useful player, but he's just a guy. And then Dominic Sabrango, who is essentially an ECHL defenseman. Uh, he's from Ottawa, if that's worth anything to you. And that's one of Pierre Dorian's, I don't, you know, his uh, his hallmark moves is, you know, we like guys who want to be here. And all that can, I guess, possibly mean is that someone who's from the area, um, I don't know, maybe turns out to be something at first blush. He doesn't look like he's going to be anything. So that's the deal. Not much in return for Alex Debrinkit. This was not, in my opinion, a good trade. And honestly, when you look at that return, I'll tell you exactly what it feels like to me. It's Sunday night. Again, you nerd. Uh, and maybe the Dorian family is leaving for the family cottage for summer vacation on Monday morning. And his wife has said, yeah, you're not bringing your phone. So he just decides tonight, well, I better just take whatever somebody's offering. That's what this looks like uh, to me. Maybe there's no phone reception up at the cottage. Who knows? This is a bad trade. Um, 
I don't know. You you could have done better. Our friend John Rodenberg on TSN 1200, he tweeted out, this is a deal that you could have done better on at the trade deadline. You keep Alex Debrinkit, you play him on one of your offensive lines, you hope he rebounds a little bit, he scores some goals, he gets, uh, gets some points put up by the deadline, and a contender, even if you're contending for a playoff spot, a contender who's looking for a scoring winger, he'll come along and give you more than this. A conditional first and Dominic Kubalik. I know there's a fourth and Dominic Sabrengo. I don't think those are worth anything. They're worth something. They're worth little pieces, but they're not worth much. You'd have done better than this at the trade deadline. I agree with JR on that point. So uh, this is not a good move. In my opinion, it screams of somebody who blinked. And I don't know. It probably doesn't feel any better that as soon as Debrinkit was traded to Detroit, signed a four-year deal at $7.8 million, if he's taking that little money, he's happy to be at home. That's why this happened. He didn't want to stay in Ottawa. Whether he would have made that same commitment to another organization is hard to say, but he gets traded to his hometown, four-year deal, $7.8 million. So I don't know. Um, to me, this is not, as I said, not a good move for the uh, for the Senators. They had an elite piece, a guy who was capable, has shown multiple times he's capable of scoring 40 goals you got to get more for him than that. And maybe that means just being a little more ballsy, holding on to him a little longer, maybe till you get to training camp, uh, maybe till you get to the trade deadline. You could have gotten at least this deal at the deadline. So I, I think Pierre blinked here. Uh, he had a good piece, and he's dealt it away for way under market value, in my opinion. So uh, as I said, a little irritated right now, because that's half the podcast that's going to be surgically removed sliced out so this one will end up being a little shorter than it was intended to be but uh, like I said there was a nice long conversation about this entire Debrinkit situation and as soon as we uh, finished editing that situation was resolved so uh, we apologize for that but frankly I think some of these NHL GMs owe me the apology this is two straight Sunday nights where shit's gone off uh, at a time where we were hoping to shut it down here in the studio. That's it on that. Don't forget, later this week, Steve Bunda will be on the podcast from TSN 1200. We'll talk to him a little about this too. We'll go a little more in depth, get his opinion, and we can work through this a little bit more then. But it's late Sunday night uh, as this all broke, so I'm not going to go too much further on it at this point. But I uh, just wanted to explain why the show's coming up a little short and uh, and what's happened here. So. Uh, now back to the regularly scheduled Tall Can Audio podcast. We'll move into some thoughts here on Tarasenko as a possible replacement for Alex Dabrinkit. Well, and we also saw the Red Wings buy out Zadina. Zadina clears up some cap space, yeah, and you're ta- suddenly going. That's an interesting mm, thing, right? Where they, same draft. Is- not only that they didn't buy him out. They both mutually agree. They mutual, that's right. They mutually agree. He, he foregoes up. four million bucks. It's like, fuck you. I'll be fine. Like, good for that. I'm going to take my chances. balls on that guy. That's a that. huge set of... <laughs> yeah. Where's your wheelbarrow? Because <laughs> for a guy who is... It's not given. That Like, psh, is that yeah. guy signing for a minimum contract? Somewhere else has approved me? Yeah, probably one year, a million bucks somewhere, right? And he'll try and rebuild his... Yeah. And would you value? take a chance on that guy? No. Uh... Sorry, for a meal for a million bucks for a year a million in Toronto. Bucks. Yes, I would. Yeah, I, I, for, I, for a million bucks for a year, I would absolutely yeah. give that guy a swing. And maybe he flames out. Maybe he puts up twenty five goals, and you're cool. Carry on your way now, right? You're back in. But to just 
mutually agree. Yeah, it's okay. You don't have to pay me that four million dollars. Forget what it. The fuck no. Yeah. Well, I'll see you in Grand Rapids. Well, this is I'm making two point five million and live in sort of uh, you know, in, yeah. like you said, Grand Rapids. That's yeah. you can send me down if nobody. You've waved me twice. They had to wave him the second time. Yeah. So it's to me that is a. But that was a guy that I firmly said should have been taken ahead of Brady Kachuk. I said I said it too. <laughs> yeah. I said and it too. Turns out not the case so far. Anyway, well, and and if you remember. He said, you know, when I believe it's Vancouver who picked fifth, right? They took Quinn Hughes, which. Yeah. Yep. Turned it already. That's not bad. <laughs> right. But Kachuk got taken fourth and Quinn Hughes. And then somebody asked him, how do you feel about those teams? You know, Montreal, Ottawa, Vancouver, who yeah. opted out, you know, and he's like, that's okay. I'll just fill their nets. Yep. And so this is a guy who you has no talk, shortage. Man. Yeah. yeah. No shortage of bravado. Um, and I wanted him. Yeah. I wanted him on draft day, right? A, a you know, a 45 goal scorer in in his draft year and yeah. So, now I'm quite I'm quite satisfied. It seems to have turned out okay for Ottawa. Yeah, yeah. how the, how that whole thing shook loose, but um it's going to be interesting, right? Just the whole scope and the pressure and and what happens here in town in terms of what they are working with. So, are you let's say whatever, they trade and I guess there's too many hypotheticals to be super confident, but they trade to bring it and get futures and they'll turn the futures into something. We don't know what. Are you interested in Tarasenko? Man, that is a, what am I getting? Yeah. And that. A mystery is, box. Well, and it, I was looking at, do you, have, do you have any idea how tall or heavy that guy is? I think he's. Not that tall, but I think he's built pretty wide. Like, I think he's a pretty heavy guy. So I was on his hockey DB this morning. 6'1", 228. All right. That's pretty broad for an NHL. Wow, man. That's a tank. And so I was looking at, I was looking at his, so he, uh, he played 65 games combined between St. Louis and the Rangers last year and 50 points. Yeah. 50 points and 65 games. Yeah, he's not what he once was, but he's. Uh, The two years before that, he played a combined... 34 games yeah, he'd he had scored some 24 surgery. points in yeah. the two years yeah. combined. Now, after that, the, the the five years prior to those that injury, he was a 75 to 80 point guy. Yeah. And a nice split between like kind of an even goals to assists yeah. differential. You know, he was sort of there, right? 35, 40, 40, 35. Uh if the term was right, and that's the key, right? Yeah, it's got to be short. We've seen with the Corpusalo and we've seen with the Zach McEwen. Yeah, we'll right? get to him. We've seen with the the extra years. Yes. That that it comes down to if you want if you want the AAV, your average annual value on your contract to be lower, comes with years. It, it's got to be years, right? And so um, we can get to that, but I'm thinking three years on Tarasenko, I would. <sighs> I would do. I wouldn't do it, man. See, I, I just look at what that. What do you do in AAV though? What are you thinking on an AAV? Three I'd, years. Give me three years. I don't want to give him three years. I, I know, but I'm telling you, he's not signing anywhere for. $3 million for three years. Wow. Three times three. Seriously? Yep. I don't want him long-term. Do, do you want him? 
Not really. Okay. But for a year in Ottawa, I would do a year at five million, maybe. So do you think now he is at a spot now and you get this idea that he is interested in Ottawa? I have no idea if he's actually interested. He fired his management here, his agent yep. uh, this week, which you don't see very often mid. For a 31 year old guy. agent. Yeah. But I just look at what Ottawa has, right? Whether it be Drew and Batherson down the right On side. On the right side. And now you're going to put Tarasenko there. I might just and McEwen on the fourth. I I oh, might we're just stacked up on the right side, baby. I might just as soon give Sokolov a shot there, no. or well, but, yeah. Before that. I commit three years to Tarasenko, yeah. To me, the thing is the, uh, the Sokolov is not going anywhere. I think I think I'm going to tell you right now that that ship has sailed. Okay, great story. That guy's not that guy's not playing in the All NHL. Right. To me, it's 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 one of those things where. Do you want to give three years, $3 million for Tarasenko to play on your third line? Well, I, I'm suggesting, I'm not sure as it shook out that we don't see Drake Batherson on the third line. Uh, he's going to bounce back, I would expect. Okay, but you give him that option to play with Pinto on that third line. Hmm. That to me may be, may be the way that looks, right? In terms of as it shook out, who has the pedigree? I'm not playing Tarasenko ahead of Batherson. Not at this point, not in 2020. We're going to see. Yeah, we're going to see, right? And and it's it. I'm I'm interested in when you see the reports out of St. Louis. Andy Strickland was saying, you know, that that the only thing that's holding up the the Tarasenko signing in Ottawa is Debrinket. I think that's believable. So, but but wh- how long will he wait? Like, if you can't trade Debrinket until camp, okay, Tarasenko well, will be gone. Like. Do we know that? No, we don't know anything. Like, but no, but I'm just saying in terms of when He's you, not waiting around till September. Someone will give him. Then he's taking less money somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. That to me is, that is, is Ottawa willing to give him more AAV or term? Is that what's, is that what's attracting him here? Yeah, just wait, just wait, just wait, right? Yeah, because- We'll to, get it, but- Well, and, and all I'm asking you is if he could assign for more money or in a, in a air quotes, better market- because we we understand Ottawa is not yeah, it's a, a little rough in the winter. Yeah, well, uh, guys from Yaroslavl or wherever he's from, right? right? Yeah. Like, I, I don't think he's balking at the winters. But something's gone wrong. Like he's fired his agent, so he's unhappy with how this has played out. So now you have done this <laughs> totally wrong. Whoever Klingberg's agent is. However, Klingberg's agent has done this totally right. <laughs> no, I'm not even talking about the Toronto thing. Oh, okay. I'm talking about prior to that. And you go, I want right. yeah. eight times, seven times eight. And I go, oh, I'll take one times 7.5. Right. And now I'm working for Whoops. fucking peanuts. Where's the accordion grinder? Where's that guy? I just feel like there's something up there, man. He's not happy with how this played out. And so now you start back you at zero. Sanko? Yeah, starts back at zero with a new agent. Here's what I'm looking to do. Here's... Sort of what my goals are. Here's where I want to be. And I don't know that he'll wait till September. I'd be wicked surprised if you get, if you get Tarasenko for below 5 million bucks. No, that seems to be the, uh, everything I've seen says he's looking for between four and five. You asked me yep. for three years, I'm not doing more than $3 million. Guy's 31. Yep. You know how I feel about this shit, man. This can't be shocking to you that I'm not interested it, in Tarasenko it, it, coming it, off the shoulder reconstruction and everything. I don't want that guy long-term. He's already... He's got a decent playoff pedigree. Yeah. yeah. He's not a bad player. I'm just not committing to that. That's all. Is three years of commitment? Yes, of course it is. 
look at what's coming up, man. Look, the team that they have right now. I don't want three million bucks tied up in bottom six. Three millions of pipe dream. That's a that's a fairy tale, man. Well, then I don't want five million tied up on my third line right winger. Yeah, and and I don't think he's playing there. He's a left shot. I I wonder if get him to play the other side. He never really wanted to do that. I I know, and I'm just saying in terms of what happens, they're thin on the left wing. Yeah, and what happens where I just wonder if if there's something to happen. I I don't know, but. Clearly, you at three million bucks. You he, asked what I'd pay for. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's giving you the cool. Yeah, I fine, know because I never would have offered it in the first place. Yeah, we so. got Domi and Reeves. You're yeah, totally we're doing fine. Man. Forget it. Everything's great in Toronto. <laughs> we're running it. We're running it. I love how he's going to wear Alfie's number in Toronto. That's there's got to be some kind of Domi. Yeah, he's going with eleven. I think I. Oh really? Yeah, I, I, I couldn't talk Sam Lafferty out of twenty eight. Well, it's funny. I was I was listening to on Friday. I actually tuned into a little sports night in the afternoon at Toronto. Yeah, um, I was outside with the dog. <laughs> couldn't reach the remote. <laughs> uh, no, it was because there's no fucking sports radio anywhere in, in this market or Toronto, frankly. Well, so it was. He Domi was on with whatever whatever show was on there in the afternoon, and and they were asking, hey. Uh, you ever think about wearing dad's number here? And he's like, no, oh. zero chance. He goes, I don't think dad won't, would want me to wear that either. He, so he's like, uh, and who am I? He goes, I love Sam. Sam's a, Sam's a great guy. I guess they would have played together in Chicago. That's what he said. Yeah. And so he's like, Psh, he's like, I want to, I want to forge my own identity and. For a year. So he's like, I'm, yes. <laughs> he says forever, man. Yeah, I know he does. He says forever. And he, he's, <sighs> he's, uh. It's too much about Toronto. That's forever. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's like, no, I'm going to wear number 11. And I'm like, okay, I'm sure dad would love that. That's nice. Uh, Big Alfie. Uh, but I loved how Kirk he said, Muller you know, that, that, that his dad was the great, was the most popular Toronto Maple Leaf ever. Wow. I thought, man, that is. He'd be hired than you'd think. No, I, no, I don't think so. I, easily, I, easily a top 10 most popular yep. Leaf of all time. I, I got no problem with yeah. that, right? In terms of a, yeah. a sort of local-ish guy. Yeah. I think he's from the GTA originally, is he not? Ty? Burlington, Hamilton. I honestly have no idea. Yeah, no, I, I think he's in the, he's in the, that sort of extended area. Right. And, um, you know, playing for the Pete's and then. But you start thinking about your Wendell Clarks and Doug Gilmore's and Daryl Sittler's and. Dave Keon's. You're running out quick of spots to tuckle Ty, right? Well, he was very popular. Who's the goalie that they bring out every. Uh, Cujo? No. The oh, Johnny Bauer. Johnny Bauer. They don't bring him out as much anymore. <laughs> It gets a little gruesome to have to get him out. <laughs> yeah, they don't bring him out as often anymore. Johnny's starting to smell not so good. Okay. <laughs> um, but, but Ty, in terms of a guy who did his job yep. and started out where he, where, you know, where he did and where he, where he went to. Yep. Fucking guy played over a thousand games, had over 330 fights in the NHL. Like, man, that is a hard living. And somebody was saying... You know, Toronto's a white-collar town that loves their blue-collar players. Always. And I believe that to be 100% yeah. true. So, no. That's why I, we loved Johnny McDonald more than we loved Jose Batista at the time, right? On the J. Like, it's always like that. Like, Darcy Tucker instead of Alex McGillney. Or mm. It's just the way we roll in Toronto for some reason, man. He blew a loogie. He blew a snot on him. The kid blew a snot on him. <laughs> uh, but you mentioned Ty Domi and a lot of face punching and... And heavyweight action going on there. A lot of face punching going on. That seems to be rolling back into the Atlantic Division. And I 
I wonder how much of it we will see. Milan Lucic returns to the Bruins, an aged Milan Lucic, but uh, you know, still a scary. He is a very scary man. Absolutely. We talked last week about Ryan Reeves in Toronto, thirty-six years old, three years at one point six, one point four, one point seven. I don't remember. One point three. It was higher than that. Okay. Uh, for longer than it should be. And so Ottawa this week. I don't want to do three years. That's stupid. It is stupid. I know. Uh, Ottawa this week locks up Zach McEwen and. Look out. 20, I think he just turned 27, like the day or two after he signed yeah. the uh, the deal. So I guess if we're giving points for these ridiculous signings, Ottawa did it at the cheapest uh, for a far younger guy. But it feels like, do you think there's any chance Ottawa did this to match up with what Boston and Toronto did? Or is this just everyone losing their mind at the same times? Um... No, I think there's definitely a bit of something now. It's it's also worth noting that Montreal has Arbor Jacki. Arbor Jacki for sure in the division. Buffalo, Who, Detroit, not really packing much there, but the division is filling up with. Yeah, I'd rather we went the way of no tough guy. Yeah, um, people are here in Ottawa are losing their mind <laughs> with this signing, and they're like, and he's not even a great fighter, right? Austin <laughs> Austin Watson was. I don't know how, he, how long he was here, two, three years. Yeah. Uh, he was a gamer, like an absolute sure. gamer. He would fight anybody. He was sort of more like a Chris Neal, though, than a true heavyweight. Yeah, right? except like, for... Chris Neal was good at it. Yeah. <laughs> Austin Watson, good penalty killer. Yeah, he could play a little. He was a straight-legged skater. Like, yes. He just did not look super... But I just mean he's not a true heavyweight. No, no, and he got beat up most times. <laughs> and, and again... A tip of the cap to that guy. Like, God love you, Barry I, I, for, Horowitz. <laughs> this, is a, this is a time to go to school. Um, but it's more, more wrestling references that Rob knows nothing about. Um, Apparently. Yeah. It's, it just has to be of a certain vintage. Mm-hmm. Um, the Barry Horowitz vintage. Yeah, for sure. Um, you are talking about a guy who would, who would fight anybody, take his lumps, but he wasn't instilling any fear. Like to me, Jackeye, Reeves, and Lucic are intimidating. Yes, they will scare you. Fighters, right? Um, They're cap friendly, will scare you. Yes. <laughs> somebody, <laughs> somebody was saying that they were on, you know, the hockey fights page and they're like, I watched all of Zach McEwen's fights and I think if he and Austin Watson fought, they may both lose. <laughs> And I thought, <laughs> I don't have a great memory of Zach. Like I, you know, with the Flyers, he's out there, he's skating around, he's doing his thing. And I guess, yeah. Got flipped to Los Angeles. Um, Do you think there's something to... I get the impression that he's, it's more of a pain puppet. I have no idea what's happening there. Just stop having Brady fight. Yeah. Appears to be the biggest. Okay, but but I, will this accomplish that? Like I, Brady seems to be a guy who's just... Because these guys are never going to be on the ice at the same time. Yeah. And the thing is, uh, and I hear that. I hear a lot of people talking about that. Do you want Brady? Do you want your captain fighting the fourth liner? And the reality is, I think of Brady fighting uh, Ben Sherratt. Yeah. I think of Brady fighting Shea Weber. 
I think of Brady fighting Scott Lawton. I think of Brady fighting uh, Truba. So none of them fourth liners, none of them bottom feeders. No. All I, legit. I, I remember last year in the forum, Bell Center, sorry, <laughs> uh, Jack Eye challenging him. Yeah. And and you can read his, you can read Brady's lips like, fucking beat it. <laughs> like zero chance, jump. Yeah. yeah. I'm not fighting you. So to me, Brady's not fighting Reeves. Brady's not fighting Jack Eye. Um, Lucic is not an issue. Lucic, I think, is is not trying to fight anybody who's who's below his weight class. Yeah. So to me, I get that. Like uh, Kostelik fought Jack Eye twice last year. Yeah. Um, lost one and draw drew one maybe. Kostelik's not a fighter, but that's the guy or McEwen. Those are the guys who are going to fight him. To me, it's it's is it nice to have somebody around who can do it. At, at 825. I just think this bullshit begets more bullshit, right? Like, bullshit begets bullshit. <laughs> That's it. Number one bullshit. <laughs> it just feels like yeah. good teams aren't like every time this has come up, right? Everybody every time brings Vegas, up Detroit. Well, I was going to say every time so, uh, Vegas, the Rangers, uh, like whenever you need a roster spot, Ryan Reeves is the first guy to go. Yeah. And everybody's like, he's great in the room and he, comes with a lot of, you know, fun around the team. And all that's true, man. You know, Jason York. I do know Jason York. Yeah. He says, you know what Trump's good in the room? Good on the ice. Good on the ice. That'd be great. (laughs) So I just, like, Ryan Reeves gets flipped all the time. And we gave him three years of 1.3 or 1.5, whatever the hell, in Toronto. Lucic, I believe, is only one year. And McCune, at almost 10 years younger got half the money. Like I still, I'm not giving any of those guys three years, but at least McEwen, you're like, whatever you suck at seeing Belleville, right? Like that, that's well, variable, right? Yeah. I I just, but it feels sort of like this is compounding upon itself, right? Like, well, Boston brought Lucic back. So Toronto goes and gets Reeves. Yep. And now Ottawa's sort of like, well, Jack guys over there and Reeves and Lucic here. We better do it too. And it's just sort of like all of you just, got worse voluntarily. Yep. And you paid for it. Yes. Well, and McEwen's a good Charlottetown guy though. Sure. He's an East Coast guy. We got, everyone's got. Whatever. Let him fight behind the Dubliner. (laughs) 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 No, the old Dublin pub, I believe it's called. The old Dublin, for sure, man. For sure. Uh, Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Go out there with stairs, man. Pubs with stairs. Terrible idea. That's where Rob's. Step on the foot and shove move is extra dangerous, extra lethal. Well, for both of us, usually. Cause, cause, <laughs> I'm following you right Because quite often that's what happens with the step on Cross the step. body block, Is yeah. we both go down and I usually land on top, but downstairs, it's a crapshoot, my friend. <laughs> what happens when we end up at the bottom of the stairs? Oh, the old Dublin and Charlottetown. Terrible. Atlantic has gotten a little tough anyway. But and, I, uh, I think I would much rather, and everybody, and this is where I was going, you talked about Reeves being the first one scratched in wherever he was. Mm-hmm. Not scratched, traded, just it, go away. Is, is, is the idea that, that everyone says, well, look at Detroit. Detroit won all those cups without a tough guy. And you're like... That we're gonna make you pay on the penalty on the power, on the power play. play, and we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna hurt you that way. Yeah, and that's the thing everybody brings up. And you're like, okay, but then how many other references do you have? Can you cite me another example? How many more Detroits are out there? Yeah, yeah. how many other of those can you cite? Right, and yeah. you go, um, let me see. Um, 
No, I, I don't. I don't, I don't anything, get into man. this at all, man. Vegas just did it with a big defense, not leading anything in hits or whatever, but big and reasonably physical. Not yeah. eleven great forwards and one face puncher. That's not team toughness. That's not changing your fortunes at all. Especially because that guy's not going to play. You build a roster that can play that way. I can subscribe to that. Yep. I don't have any time for, well, we just picked up Zach McCune, so we're ready to go. Or Ryan Reeves or whatever. Yeah, but how many guys did you changes see? Changes nothing. How many guys did you see drafted this year in the draft? Yeah, they, and, it was starting to go big again. Big. Yep. And on, on defense especially, and they're yeah. like, big and can skate, big and can skate. And hey, man, I'm not, a, I'm not a scout, but I know if you're big and you can skate. Well, that's good, man. That's a good, that's a good pair of things to have. So is um, that what you got? Ryan Reeves? No, no, no. Zach sorry. McEwen that was the, that Milan Lucic doing. That was the Vegas thing yeah. I was talking about, right? In terms of build a team that way. Don't just be like, okay, we have our team and here's one guy who might play sometimes. Well, and that's, and that's St. Louis D right. In yep. Whatever year 100%, that was, 2019, 2019. That they just had big guys. Washington was a big team yep. when they won. Take away space. Yep. Can skate on D. They're not crushing you through the inboards. No. It's not one face puncher on the fourth line. It's a, a more team built philosophy. Okay, so, so let's just throw the let's just using the Zach McEwen um signing, okay? Ottawa signs Reeves, which seems like a totally doable <laughs> decision, right? Sure. That you then have Lucic entering the division yeah. and you have Arbor Jackeye and you have Ottawa now has Ryan Reeves. Yeah. How do you feel in Toronto? Do you feel like you're like, well, where's our... No. Yeah, okay, and I, I agree with you. I think Brad Treliving clearly... What's worse not? ...would feel different. But I am just like, cool, one more pylon. A, I won't fight you, and B, you suck at your job, so I'm good. But we we picked a guy who nobody's going to fight and who sucks at his other job and paid him the most money for the longest term. So Toronto... You lose <laughs> in this particular <laughs> triangle is where I'm at, man. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that, that I would rather it go Sokolov. away from that. It go away from that. If yeah. Sokolov could fight. No, no. I mean. Yeah, but he's a big dude. I'm just I would saying. rather play Sokolov over McEwen. That's all I'm saying. Even if you don't think he's as good as we all thought he might be. He's got a better chance of scoring than this guy, so get in the lineup, man. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, we were all hoping, Sock. It's a yeah. great story, man, but... I just... Any random yeah, yeah. AHL yeah, yeah. top six well, guy And if you look Zach at McEwen. if you look at Toronto, you look at Toronto now, and to me, on the surface, in terms of tough guys, this, this whole thing makes sense, but when you have Ryan Reeves saying... Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to, I'm going to get in the change room and I'm going to be, start chirping guys. I'm going to be a cultural change. And you're like, yeah, is that, is that what we want? Right. Do, do the, do the, the guys who are doing all the heavy lifting want to go, why don't you shut the fuck right. up? Leave a little bit you're more. playing 35 games this year. Yeah. Can you leave a little oxygen in the room and, and, and the shit you're doing over the antics? Beat it. Like to me, that's the little red flag that goes up and you go. Yeah, well, I'm here, I'm here to change. Red, I'm here to change culture. Maybe the red flag is the other way that you felt like you needed this guy to come in and change the like. Most of the guys, even between the benches, say Toronto is a notoriously quiet bench, 
yep. even during the games. And it was noticeable, like Mike Johnson was saying on the radio a couple different times, once Shen and O'Reilly and Achari came in, then Toronto bench, as someone who was standing in between those benches, you'd notice, had a little more life, right? There was people. Now, how important is that? I don't know. I do believe there's something to it, right? A little more liveliness on the. But is one guy, like we all three of those guys I just mentioned are gone. Is Ryan Reeves for the, I don't know, what, 41 games he's going to play this year? Told you for a couple of, couple hundred grand, you could have got Nolachari back. Yeah. And I would have done that. I'd have liked that a whole lot more than what they did. So, hey, if you look at and it's 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 interesting in terms of of quiet and and the personality of a, of a team, right? They, you talk about some teams slumber, right? Mm-hmm. Some guys just are sleepy, and you and you got to get them out of there. But like even watching any of those pressers, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, John Tavares, none of them scream. In the room, Extra, I'm, I'm loud. Right. Yeah. And so, I, I don't know, maybe there is something to, like, forget their skills on the ice, all of them, very good players. But can you have, I, I've always, as you know, pushed back against the narrative, oh, they're too skilled, they're too whatever. I don't think that's it. Is it possible that it's too quiet or there's nobody stirring things up? Maybe, and then it's up to you to decide for yourself what that's worth, right? What percentage of their performance is based on the vibe in the room or the, the whatever. But the four guys leading the team, none of them feel like they're going out on Saturday night in Ottawa and singing Mr. Brightside. You know, which, oh, I was just, and it's funny because well, I was going to say, you need to flip one of your top end guys for a a Brady or a Matthew or a Caudry or a yeah, Marshand uh, or a... You just start- but you know what I'm saying? It's not the like if you flipped for me, Mitch, for exactly Mitch from another team, but with a different personality. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You I got- don't think the skill makeup is wrong. I wonder if the personality makeup and, is. And a that's all I was going yeah. for was somebody who is. Well, Brady suggests a different type of player than what the Leafs have. I'm more looking for a different type of maybe personality than what the. You're Leafs talking have. about the same skill level because Brady and Mark yeah, Willie are- for. Different Willie, you know, like yes. smaller. Willie, we've all Willie. at some point wished for a different Willie, right? One hundred percent, we have. Um, but yes, and so it, it comes down to, and that's what I'm talking about: guys with a skill level, but with a bit more swagger, jam. Jam. Uh, see, jam's see, not. You don't, you don't want the jam. It's not that I don't want it. It's just that I'm not. I'm tired of that description of this four. Being too skilled or whatever. I still think that can work. Too these vanilla, are Matt. Four too vanilla. different personalities or four personalities that are all just sort of like, yeah, you know, we'll see how it goes. And like, <laughs> I kind of want you to care more about how it goes. <laughs> or exhibit. Or exhibit more. Be part of how, how it's Ma- going to go. How would a Mark Stone? And I give you that. And here's him in his shattered spine. And yeah, yeah. I, I, and I'm not talking and his Stanley I, Cup but, captaincy. But yeah, but his cup winning. <laughs> yeah, that whole thing performance. But Mark Stone is a guy who, when you watch him in an interview, he's dull as dull shit. AF. Like, where is your, where's your personality? Yeah. But is there anybody who enjoys you scoring or me scoring or him scoring more than Mark Stone? Right. Like to me, that's a guy who comes across in an interview as. Low reactor, yep. not much personality. Well, I always wonder, there's a video that floats around of of a Leaf power play goal. And I don't remember if it's in the playoffs or not. It doesn't matter. 
But like Austin Matthews seems on the ice when he's mic'd up far more silly, for lack of a better term. Yeah, yeah. Than what you and there's a, a, this video where he runs up to Tavares. I love you, Johnny. And you're just like. All right. Like, they feel like they're having fun, right? Yeah, like, yeah. it's, but, yeah, yeah. I, but I don't know. You just have no idea. I and guess, and because you just want to see it. Yeah. You want to see the, how that comes out of you. Yeah. In terms of, I'm going to, I'm giving her, I'm, I care. Yeah. Whereas when, it, when you always see, I don't, I'm not getting good visuals of it. And in the post games, I'm not getting good audio of it. Well, it's funny, when I got into this John Tavares debate with Lee Versage, he's like, well, when was the last time that guy scored a big goal for him? Like, literally game six, he scored the series winning. He's like, oh, yeah, I guess. Right? Like, I'll give you that. <laughs> it's a fairly big goal. And then he went to sleep with the rest of basically everyone but Willie in the second round was not so good. So. Yep. Uh, look, we got to talk a little Jays here still. And more importantly, we got to get a beer. Yes, we do. All right. Uh, final beer of today's show, we think. I guess, can't promise anything. We'll see how things play out here. Again, comes from uh, a backlog in your fridge. What do we got going on, man? We're back to uh, Black Bellows. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> this is a beer, and I was intrigued by it. Really um, sloppy crack you got over there. Yep. Heard that a time or two. <laughs> it's humid, Matt. It's been super humid. Uh, this is called Goodbye the... Goodbye to everyone who joined us fresh off the Libre Sage shows. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. Yeah, bye. <laughs> That's the name of this beer. Okay. Oh, all right. Um, it is a rice lager from Black Bellows. It's, uh, it's supposed to be uh, lighter and refreshing, but to me, it is... Um, they're, they're, they say, and what makes it sort of interesting, and I'll be interested, have you had a poll yet? No. Nope. Is... Um, they're, they're suggesting sake undertones. Really? Which for anybody with, uh, who's ever drank, you know, Japanese wine, sake, to me, some of it can be quite, um. I thought it was Japanese beer. Nope. An uncultured fuck. Yeah. It's, um, acidic. Uh, to me, it's sake mm. in terms of, I don't love it. I don't love a sake. Um, but, um. Yeah, right. It's, so it's they're, they're talking about balancing the sweetness that comes with the rice, with sort of the acidic sort of undertones of the uh, of the sake. So I'll be interested. I had to look at it to see what yabai, what yabai means. And Bye, it's, Felicia. Yeah, well, it's and they're talking about it's it's it it sort of um, predicts danger. Oh. Or or future danger, as in is it dangerous? I I took it to be dangerous because it's light on the palate and pleasing and you may want to drink right. a bunch of them. Yeah. Okay. Comes in around 4.6%. The next morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we're talking about another light, lighter sort of on the lighter style. Yeah. What'd you say it was coming in at? The percentage? 4.6. Okay. Right. In and around there. So I'm interested in, in the balance of the sweetness and the sour or the acidic more than anything else, but that's. I'm not getting almost anything sour off of it. On their description, right. In terms of, and that's my take. Maybe I'm drinking bad sake. I have no idea. E, an entourage, the first time he meets with Ari, this sake sucks, walks out. Okay. It's about the extent of my uh, sake references. All right. I'm not getting anything. I'm not There's getting. nothing sour about it. it. Well, and sour, I, I was going with more acidic. Okay. Uh, I, I may have said sour, but in terms of, of that sort of, uh, are you getting any sweet overtones? Yeah, a little, I guess. I find it to be uh, a, a decent summer beer, though. Yeah. 
in terms of its of its drinkability. <laughs> but you and I, not fussy in terms of summer drinkability. If it's cold, and I'll probably drink well, it during uh, the summer. You know what, Matt? You have you have stumbled across um, uh, an interesting, maybe not interesting, okay. but a point I wanted to bring up. L- uh, mid last week, it was honestly it had to be one of those days when it was like thirty three. 40 with the Humidex. Yeah. Everybody it was, dealing it, with their swits. Yeah. <laughs> swits and swass. It was, it was, was uh. last slash future episode or was that this episode? <laughs> <laughs> this one. Okay. Good. Way back at the beginning. Way yeah. back. Calm um, your swits. Yeah. <laughs> little, little baby powder helps with the swits. Um, yeah, I was, I, I thought it's going to rain in the next 24 hours. I got to cut the grass. The front had just gotten to be. I didn't want to cut it in that long stretch when it was so hot yeah. with no rain. Right. So despite the fact that it was 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon and 40 degrees, <laughs> I decided I was going to cut the grass. And so at the end of it, I'm like, fuck, I could go for a beer. But what I have in my fridge in terms of immediately consumables, mm-hmm. not show consumables. Yep. I had Sunsplit. That would have worked. I had the aromatherapy from Beyond the Pale. Yeah. And I had some um, Limerick to Lower Town stout from Evergreen. Yeah, I don't want a stout in that moment. No. and but I love a stout in any season, but not in that moment. Yeah. So none of those beers really spoke to me. Right. What I was looking for was um, a Stella. A Miller Lite. Hey, well, it's funny because the- Mill Street the, Organic. The trash that lives next door to me- <laughs> Yeah. When he puts his garbage out, he's got like that 58. I'll be rummaging through your neighbor's garbage. No, no. But he's got the 58 sort of octagon of Coors Light is sort <laughs> yes. of crushed in okay, there. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, if he came out to me right now and was like. Offered me. A Coors Light? Yeah. I'm I a, will pound the shit I, Give me two. <laughs> and I am, because yep. to me, the first one, I'm wiping my brow and then just <laughs> pounding that. Um, yep. Yeah. I was looking for. Uh, you know, a Sleeman Silver Creek. Right. Or just something that was Crushable. drinkable. And I found my, I found what I had in my beer fridge to be not what I was looking for. That happens to me a lot, man. At that moment. I open up the fridge, take a look and I'm like, all of these are probably pretty good. It's just not what I'm looking for right now. Sometimes you just want, and you and I actually have locked horns on this before that I've said sometimes... I just want a beer and you've pushed back. No, I don't want to. Yep. You know what? But sometimes, man, like you said. Which is why I bring it up here. Yeah. 40 degree weather, sweating balls, just, yeah, whatever. If it's cold, I'll probably drink it right now. I would have, it, there was a time somebody left, uh, I don't know, there was, uh, there was a bit of a gathering at my place when I lived out in Vernon and somebody left some Bud Light Lime, I want to say. They were in a long neck bottle. Yep. I cut the grass. I took three out into the front. <laughs> I, in, I was still in the shade and I pounded two of those like yeah. in, in a heartbeat. Yeah. And, and really it just came down to any port in a storm. But mm-hmm. that was, that was, I'm looking for something that is carbonated, not overpowering in flavor in any way. Yeah. And I don't really want a rattler. Like, I, no, you I, want something crisp and clean. Yeah. And so I I have, as recently in here, uh, episode 1000, when Shrides and and Maddie Lang were in here with us. Right. 
And I'm like, yeah, no, I, I have no room for the plain beer for the for the for your plain domestic lager. It just has gone from my palate, and then wouldn't kill you to keep a six pack. Well, in the, okay, this is what I'm. And this yeah, is why. Yeah. This is what makes it noteworthy, in my opinion, was <laughs> as of um, July fourth or fifth of this year. I'm like, yeah, I'm all about that. <laughs> I, I I I could, I could totally get behind that, and yep. so it's um, it's a it's a weakness in my beer collection that I I look to rectify. Probably with something better, the Innocent Gun Craft Lager. Not bad. That's right. the, that's the green can. I could go in for that. I got sitting here the uh, Hans and Dihosen lager from Nita. Yep. Um, that works in that situation pretty well. The ice cold beer from Leftfield Brewery. It's just called ice cold. It's just a straight golden lager that's meant to be pounded on at a hot ballpark. See, I, I, I would drink anything from Leftfield. Yeah. To be honest with you, but this is meant to be okay. And it took me a sec because all their beers are like baseball puns, right? Like it's always whatever, the strikeout yep. stout or, yep. you know, shit like that. And so Maddie was That's the first one who uh, showed me the uh, uh, this one. I said, what are you having tonight? He goes, uh, just an ice cold beer from, from left field. And so he went on and talking about it. I said, what's it called? He goes, no, it's called. I, and it's supposed to be the the guy walking up and down the aisles at the bar. Ice cold ice. beer. Right. Sorry, Perfect, man. man. It's all right. Sorry, it happens. Steal my thunder here a little bit. <laughs> I had a great call too, but uh, so it's perfect for that. Just a straight up golden lager that you would easily sit and crush. Whatever, twelve to fifteen of them. Yeah, <laughs> and see, that's what I want though. Yeah, I want the ice cold beer, the crushable one from Left Field. Yeah, you don't want the Coors Banquet. You want I, the ice cold beer. I from don't Leftfield. want the yeah. Coors Banquet or the Which light. Also, to be honest, isn't terrible. Well, that's, it's you and I back at the timeout pub uh, across the street from <laughs> your true, yes. from your old place. You get the mini cheap pitcher. pizza night. <laughs> yeah, I had cheap pizza, and I'm like, well, I'll take the banquet, man. Yeah, and psh, I was pounding a bunch of those. That's to me, it's well, speak, hey, speak, time and a place, man. Yeah, man. Speaking of being out in left field, though, I kind of thought that's what the Blue Jays were looking like when they decided they were bringing up Alec Manoa to start on Friday. And Are by we sure now, we're not. We're not sure. Uh, he did pitch well, at least. The game went well. There would be a lot of people who are able to analyze these things better than I am that would suggest, you know, that that slider still didn't snap like it was last year and maybe he was just beating the shit out of an inferior opponent. You'll take it. But there's no part of me that thinks this was part of the plan, right? I, I've texted one or two people who've been on the show a few times and just said, like, what did you hear? Because the Sportsnet guys, I wouldn't say they tried to paint it well when he got lit up in the Florida Complex League. And, you know, maybe Complex wasn't the right place to start. The Florida Simple League maybe would have been a better way for him to to go down and get started there. But he got beat around. He goes up, he has one pretty good start in double A. But again, the non-Sportsnet people who have a vested interest in you believing everything's fine said... Yeah, that slider, there's something that, like his his form looks better, his, everything looks a little better, but that slider that makes everything else work still isn't coming out of his hand the way it used to. And then all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, he's going to be up on Friday, and you sort of have this ordeal where if it goes well, he gets to go into the All-Star break feeling pretty good, and if it doesn't, there's the All-Star break and go back, do another minor league start if he has to, 
But you've put him back in the spotlight, and nobody that I texted thought that this was ever the plan. There was some talk that maybe last week's comments from Chris Bassett about the extra workload that was being put on the four guys left. Well, you heard Gosman after uh, Saturday start two, talking about not going to the All-Star game. Yep. Talking about the number of innings pitched. Yeah. And so, you know, all these guys, instead of getting these off days that they're supposed to get, those have all been just treated as rotation days and they're staying uh, where they always, you know, or one game more than they would have been. So it's been a little rough and it went well, but I'm still not sure this was the right decision. And I still haven't seen very many people tell me that whatever the problem was has been fixed. Well, and the thing is, it's, it's, it's a really interesting debate point. Um, at, when he was down in the Florida Complex League against eighteen and nineteen year old guys, and he lit him up, and they and he, you know, whatever it was, eleven runs or whatever it was, yeah, and three innings. Um, but people saying, yeah, it doesn't matter. He was down there to work on one or two specific things. Yeah, and going, okay, wait, yeah, just, just, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. It doesn't matter. This is what I'm throwing, and if this guy with a fucking, uh, you know a hard on just gets to get up there and just crank it and just whatever, then it's, it's fine. It is what it is. This is more about me than him. I'm going to throw this pitch. But guess repeatedly. what, man? If yeah. you can hit it, yeah. it's going to be here. And I'm trying to hit that, that slider that doesn't back in or it right. does, or I'm trying to hit something with consistent velocity. Right. Um, I got time for that. Right. As opposed to the, the, the absolute panic that was, Oh my fucking God. Which when I first saw it too, I was like, yeah, that's terrible. Again, that day, those non-sports that guy said, the scouts, they were talking, said there was nothing redeemable about that start. It wasn't. Yep. And, and, and that's fine. Yeah. It's, um, there's, it's an interesting thing because I sent you an email last week just saying, Hey, what about this news? Yep. Not either way, not, not, not pro or con, but it was about, it was about Chad Green. It was about Hunjin Ryu. Everybody piling back in. Yeah. And it was about Manoa and just how this is ramping up towards guys maybe in the second maybe half. Maybe a little depth. Hey. And and so, and then at the end of that, that presser with Schneider, he's like, yeah, and Manoa will start on Friday. And then everyone was like, oh my God, right? There were 10 strikeouts in double A. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are also three or four walks. Mm-hmm. So to me, the things that I was looking for in this was A, not to get fucking lit up. <laughs> and he did get lit up by Chicago, by Detroit in in Toronto early in the season. Like, so yes. it's not just this team being a light hitting team. Uh, that's fair. Um, he did get lit up by them earlier a in, couple tr- months ago, yeah. in Toronto, but it, to me it was, he, he struck out eight, gave up one hit, six hits, one run. It was zero walks. Now, if you're looking at it objectively, there was a lot of shit that backed up that, that should have finished you know, down in a way that finished sort of lower middle cut that, that just didn't get hit by, by Tigers who- On who, Friday. This, on, on Friday, on this Friday coming, yeah. that we just passed. Yeah. There was a lot of shit that, that just- Yeah. The, the Tigers were, yeah. like if you, if you, if you leave it close enough, the Tigers are going to get themselves out for the most part. <laughs> That's a free swinging team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not a great hitting team. No. So- have you ever seen anyone follow to Grace faster than Javi Baez, right? Like a guy that was an all-star, superstar, huge contract and just showed up in Detroit and, eh, I'm good. I'm done. 
He's the brother-in-law of Barrios, is he not? Yes, he is. Yeah, okay. That Barrios tried to lure him to Toronto. And thank God Barrios wasn't particularly yeah, convinced. Persuasive. <laughs> uh, if you look at the dimensions of, of Comerica, that's mm-hmm. a big-ass ballpark, right? And so you bring him in against a, a light-hitting team in a big ballpark. Yep. We've set you up for as much success absolute as we success. can give you. Yeah. And now we'll see, right, if they bring him back and he has to pitch against the Dodgers or the Padres <laughs> or whoever we're going to see uh, coming out of the break. Padres yep. for sure. Yep. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what that looks like, right, in terms of facing a a more you know, prolific lineup. Right. But to me, that, that, that was a, that was a lineup that was prime. And there was a time in the early, the first three innings, one and three were clench your butt cheeks, man. It was, it was sketchy. Yeah. He, he, he got out of it with a good result, but I'm not sure that the, the process looked any better than it used to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and a lot of three and two counts, Yeah, but there were no walks. And to me, that is the one takeaway. There was a lot of shit that was backing up over the plate or hanging out there. Yeah. I just don't believe this was the timeline. Something happened that forced them, whether it was the comments from Bassett, feedback from inside the, I I don't think this was the plan. I I think they would have allowed him to kind of stay on rotation through the all-star break and then bring him up afterwards. Something changed and... Yeah, I, I don't know what that was. And is he up to stay? Oh, Can you send him? You can't do it again. No. He didn't like it the first time. Nobody do, Why would you? You just cost me millions of dollars, right? He's not going to get the innings to send him to arbitration. Uh, th- like, that's been an underreported part of this. He's did now we cost on, you millions of dollars or did yeah. you okay, cost you millions Okay, fair enough, right? And that's a reasonable enough point, but... He would have been a guy who got to go to arbitration four times. Now he's not going to have the innings, so he'll go three times. Those are raises, right? And yep. he's not going to get one. So uh, I just, there's something else going on there. I would love to know inside, like there's a but, few different moves that have happened recently that make me think this is maybe Ross Adkins starting to GM for his job instead of for what's best for the team a little as well. Like, yeah, but I, if, if I could just double back yeah. to this whole this whole innings pitch and the send down and the arbitration and, and whatever else. You got to know the Blue Jays have, have done everything they want is for Manoa to be Cy Young yes. worthy like last year. Like this isn't like, woohoo, we fucking dodged a yeah. bullet. Some We're going to send that guy down. guy that you're just sort of like, we can tinker with him. No, this was our opening day starter, a playoff Home game opener. starter. Um, yeah. It, it, this wasn't something they did to fuck with him. Right. But the end result of sending him, like if they put him on, as we've seen a hundred different times, they put him on the IL for 10 days, oh, his shoulders, neck sore, and allow him to go work on some things. He still keeps racking up major league days and he keeps this ability to go to arbitration. Instead. This felt like way more serious. It was. Though, right? In it terms was, of, for sure. Uh, he He was just not able to get Major league hitters. But this and, will cost him money. Yeah. Yes. And at the end of the day, I think he's been put, anybody with half a brain has to look at it and go, I've been put in every position that if I do my shit, I get this done. They want me here. They're, they want me here. Yes. Like they've put me in the positions to excel or to be in the prime limelight, right? Yep. Like this is. Yep. So I understand what you're saying. 
And I just it's I just would, one more factor on the pile. I, I, yeah, I would just hope that anybody with any kind of self awareness would go, yeah, man. If I am twenty twenty two form, yeah, I'm I'm meeting that mark, right? This isn't a game that that Kirk is no longer calling me a good game, <laughs> and then we got to bring Danny Jansen in or whatever. This is a fact that I have no control. And I can't, I'm walking guys and I can't get anybody out. As you and I sit here right now, it's four, three J's in the bottom of the 10th. Uh, we'll see how that's going to play out, but this hasn't exactly been a confidence inspiring series. It just got no hit by the, the Detroit Tigers on Saturday. Look, sometimes baseball is just weird, right? Like it doesn't have to mean anything, but for people who are already a little worked up about the way the Jays offense is panning out. You don't really want to get no hit by Matt Manning and Alex Lang and whoever the hell. James, is Jason Foley or right. It. I don't. That this is something we've already talked about a few times, man. That this team might be okay. Like a lot of their numbers all say they're going to be okay, but this has been frustrating to watch. This has not been a fun team to watch, and maybe they'll rebound, right? Maybe everything will turn out the way it's supposed to. But I'm but it just doesn't feel like it, right? Like hashtag the vibes. They're off a little bit, man. Yeah. Well, and, and again, you didn't get no hit. Like that's, that's everybody in the lineup wears that. Yeah. hundred percent. You have a bunch of guys up there. <laughs> Brendan Belt trying to bunt in the ninth inning. I love that. Sure. He said, I'm trying to win a ball game. Like that, that's a, you're, you're down two runs in the ninth inning and the fucking third baseman is where the shortstop should be. Yeah. They're Guess what, back. man? Yeah. If I get a chance, I'm dropping that bunt down. Fuck you, Tigers fans. <laughs> Boo to your heart's content. Yeah. And some people don't know shit. And and to me, well, ain't that a? Yeah. <laughs> we'll clip that. Yes. <laughs> and and so, like Blue Jays fans, God love you. You are passionate, and you follow this team all over the world. But the booing when you throw to fucking first base. Every fan base. I know, but the Toronto seems to do it more vociferously than anybody else. When and, uh, my team does it, it's brilliant strategy. When uh, you do it, it's yeah, cowardice. I hate that. Don't fucking <laughs> stop the booing. Stop the booing when the other team checks your stop runner. Stop the hammering. Yes. <laughs> Shit in my ears. I just, yeah, like that thing is just stop that. Okay, stop that. And so Tiger fans, the the belt thinking of showing bunt, yeah. like that's the smart move, man. He can bunt. Yeah. Do it, man. Fuck you and your no hitter. I do have. A... No, no, can't. No, no it's true, man. <laughs> Him and Kirk. It wasn't the fact that he was bunting that was alarming. It was the fact there's no pinch runner after you lay down this bunt that gets you to first. So somebody that can run. Yeah. Like somebody standing, like BGO standing at home plate. Yeah. Can... Takes off as soon as. The... But if I look at that, so there's a bunch of guys in that lineup short of belt and offering the bunt. Yeah. Swinging at bad pitches. Like the. Oh, Bo in the bottom of the ninth. What are you doing? Or top of the ninth. Like, and Vladdy in the seventh. It was Vladdy, not Bo. I'm thinking, yeah, that it's. It's three a and eyeballs. O, and it was three and O. And he's like, I'm going to break this up. I'm going to swing at whatever this Take fucker. the walk. Yeah, honestly, man. And so instead he just like, psh, chopper or fly. Anyways, it was. There's a pile of shit happening there, but that, you look at that seven, eight spot in the lineup with Varsho and Kirk. Yeah. That's a fucking dead hole in the lineup. black hole, man. Like there's just, that's where hits go to die. <laughs> and, and. And that's all Kirk's bringing. Like at least Varsho's playing elite defense. Yes. It's true. Kirk, you're not running. 
by all accounts, I guess he calls an okay game. Some of the pitchers like him, but that's the reason we kept you over Moreno, right? Well, like, and you and I talked about this ad nauseum yeah. last year, right? Moreno, Kirk, Jansen, what do you do? Yeah. What do you do? And I think, I think while there was many opinions given, mm-hmm. the consensus- on w- the week. <laughs> yeah. But the consensus was Kirk is, Kirk is high. Yep. The, the, the stock is high right now. Yep. It may never be higher than this. Yep. Flip it. Yep. Now- that Moreno is, has had his struggles too, but he's still a rookie. Uh, yeah, and he, he has doesn't other correct. Skills. He doesn't correct the hitting woes in this. No, lineup, he doesn't. No, but I just when you when you flip him and you look at the Arizona Arizona's in front of San Diego. Honestly, in a, man, San Diego. What is going on in San, San Diego? San Diego Super Padres. No, it's Spanish for a whale's vagina, <laughs> <laughs> which is like dork. <laughs> yeah. For the whale's penis. I like it, Matt. Padre dork. (laughs) Yeah. Padre dork. Padre dork. (laughs) I don't know. It's the hand gesture too. There's the two fingers bumping together. I like it. it You understand. And you brought it up. I did. But mine was an Anchorman reference. You've taken it and run with it. (laughs) Made it your own. (laughs) That's what I do, Matt. That's what I do. So the Jays do manage to sneak by Detroit, which is not a sentence you feel incredibly proud of throwing down there. It, it's They got it done, and so you'll take it. But um, I don't know. You, if you'd have said to everybody, you're going to take two or three from Detroit, you'd go, that's probably the way most of these series pan out. But to get no hit in the middle just makes you go, fuck, man, this offense is not doing what it's supposed to do. And But so you did have, you ever think, ever think, that hitting would be the reason this team didn't have any success this year. No. Uh, we talked before the season that it would be a different type of hitting. It would be less power in the lineup. I love the balance. I love the nightlife. I love to boogie. <laughs> yes. Um, but it just, I didn't think it would feel like this, right? There's just, there's some like holes the in that lineup and... Springer didn't get off to a great start, and then he sort of came around. Vladdy's been up and down. Prior to the no-hitter. He was up. They were saying, look at the look at the offense coming. And you can't pin the no-hitter just on him, right? Like, no, everybody, you have enough guys who have a bad day at the same time, but he did not have a good day. And so, I, I don't know, man. There's just, this team still has every opportunity to be okay, but, uh, and, and, you know, make the playoffs in a wild card spot. They're in that spot right now. And I, I don't know anyone who doesn't expect that their second half will be better than their first half, but this hasn't been fun. That's all. Well, and we'll see what happens if it, and it sort of snuck up on me. Um, I don't know what's happened on Sunday with the, uh, cause it's happening as we're recording. Yeah. The Rays and the Braves, the yeah. Rays are on this. They're tumbling. Tumbling is like, honestly, by, by mid August, the Orioles could be leading this division. Oh God. The trash birds. Can you imagine though? (laughs) Oh, the humanity. (laughs) But just in terms of what was finally the injuries to the pitchers and just injuries period that the Rays have been suffering all season. Yeah. It's it's like, yeah, no, but you're like, 
why do you just keep rolling off all these wins? Always, man. We just got some guy in double A who's suddenly a rookie of the year candidate. Yeah, who we got from Minnesota or we got from yeah. Cleveland as we traded off some middle rotation guy. And right. now he this guy's gonna be a Cy Young winner. Yeah. It's so odd. But that it's now it's finally it's like, oh we suck. The bloom again. was off the rose, man. I I I'm not sure what's happened here, right? But they built themselves enough of a cushion that it'll be hard. But yeah, if everything pans out the way it could today, you could be six back of the Rays with a half season to go and a lot of games left against Tampa. Like Too I, many. I, I don't think the division is in play, but it's not out of play if that makes no, sense. No, no. And we'll see what happens come Labor Day, right? In, in terms yeah. of the next six weeks. And as I've referenced a couple different times, the last two weeks of the season for the Jays, all Yankees, all Rays. So all the time. That's a bummer. Well, and then and if you extend that window out a bit, there's Orioles in there. Yeah. So it's at the beginning when we were looking at that at that killer row. Yeah, that changed schedule too. Remember, we we're only going to have to play the AL East. Oh no, there it is. The entire month of September. Uh, I think we'll wind this one down here. It's a shame. Okay. I had so much more to say. All right. Well, you know what? I can leave the mic running for you. <laughs> no, man. I got to. I got to pee. <laughs> we got to get out of here. Check it. See ya. Uh, this is uh, the last one of these for two weeks for you and I. Now we have recorded a special little treat for you people that will drop uh, in the next week or two. But uh, the studio door gets closed behind us here today and I'm going to fuck off to the lake. And the podcast will not stop, but we will do a couple remote episodes. As I mentioned off the top, Steve Bunda will be on the show. Michaela Schreider will be on the show. And uh, when I get tired of laying my fat ass on the dock and, you know, Mooching off my... Tan lines! Right, man. The, the wife beater. Uh, yeah. Redneck uh, tan, for sure. Matt steps up from the from the dock, and he's got the red, white tan lines, horizontal. That's it, man. <laughs> um, so I'm going to do that for a couple weeks. Then roll back into town. We'll get back at it. We'll probably be back in studio at that point. But the shows will keep coming, but we will do some remote ones uh, here for the next week or two. And like I said, Rob and I have pre-recorded something else for you good people that will drop here in the next little while as well. So uh, anything else before we get out of here, man? Got to pee. Okay. One track mind. Uh, That is episode 1140 of the Tall Can Audio Podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on your podcast app and uh, give us a follow on social media at Talkin Audio. For Rob, my name's Matt. We'll see you. See ya! What was that? Number one bullshit. Oh, number one bullshit. Why are you so pissy?